one thing to say. People never think someone with my body type can dance, let alone be a working professional dancer. No matter how many jobs I book, they'll never take me seriously because I'm fat. Proving people wrong is my favorite hobby. I saw so many videos and then I saw yours and I was like, oh yeah, I love her. I love everything she stands for. dictate your life. If I inspire one person from this video, then all the hate I'm sure I'm gonna get will be worth it. Well, I'm hashtag breaking the stereotype and no one's gonna stop me. If you love it, do it. It's as simple as that. All right, all right. Hello, everyone. My name is Diamond Rivera of the Live Discussions with Diamond podcast. And this is episode 146. And what you just saw was a short visual from our special guest today. We're taking it all the way to the West Coast. And before we get started, this episode is sponsored by Thuba Shop the Radio, where you can listen to this interview in high quality, as well as other streaming platforms. And today, people, we have a person that is not only iconic, not only is revolutionary, not only inspiring, but honestly is an amazing, amazing human being. From watching her visuals for so many years and seeing how so how far she's come, uh, whether it's the mainstream or whether it's your local dance class, she truly is a artist beyond her years. And we have on the program today the one and only Amanda LeCount. Oh my gosh, that intro. Yes. I, yes. I, I don't even have a piece of paper here. Just talking to you. And honestly, Amanda, as we've talked as well privately, I thank you so much for being on this platform because like I told you, having this platform is so meaningful, me, meaningful for me as an artist because for so many years, our stories are told through a two, a one, two, three minute visual or performance mm -hmm. we've had. And not many people get to understand who we are as people, as human beings. So having an, a platform by artists like myself, having artists like you that have done so much, you know, it, it definitely is an honor having you here. Oh, thank you so much. I'm happy to be here and I'm excited to talk to you. Absolutely. I mean, for me, whether it's seeing you in America's Got Talent, whether it's seeing you in a Katy Perry film, whether it's even seeing you in an American Eagle campaign, just realizing too, your hashtag breaking the stereotype truly is meaningful because realizing 2021, the same normals 10 years ago and not the same normals now. Whatever really? normal means. I mean, but <laughs> nowadays, what is normal? We're in a new normal still as we speak, but you know, having you on is important because when people ask, give us the examples of people that are breaking boundaries, breaking stereotypes, pushing forward the culture, I think of people like you, because you know you also, as a working professional, deal with the same hardships like many other people. But realizing too, um, as well as celebrating your success is one thing, 
but also celebrating your journey as a human being throughout this world as, as another, because we understand the entertainment world as harsh as it is, competitive as it is, it can be rewarding, but it can also be a, a lot of lessons learned. So, I mean, I definitely think today we'll have and get a little bit of a glimpse of really who Amanda is, not just on the stage, but beyond the stage. Nice, I'm excited. <laughs> so, you know, as I start every episode, Amanda, I love kind of taking it back, you know, taking the fact before the stages, before the cameras and having an understanding of who the artist is before it all. So Amanda, kind of give us an understanding of who Amanda LeCount is before dance. Ooh, who Amanda LeCount is before dance. It's so hard because obviously I think most dancers will say this. Dance is such a huge part of our lives. Yes. Um, but it's also important to have balance. I think, you know, having those friends outside of the dance world and having those hobbies or things that you can enjoy that kind of take you out of that. Mm -hmm. um, just because, like you said, the dance world can kind of be a lot sometimes and very stressful and Sometimes it can really affect your confidence and self-esteem. Um, but I think mainly who I am without dance is just, um, I, I, re I rely a lot on my friends and family. I think yeah. I, I really take a lot of importance with that. Uh, I, I put a lot of importance on that, like who, I, who I'm around. Because yes. um, that's really important. Um, and I think that's why I've been, partly why I've, I have the career that I do. Um, mm -hmm. I have the most supportive people around me, um, but also people that will be honest, <laughs> which yes. sometimes hurts, but it, at the end of the day, it's the best, you want the truth, you know? Um, so I have people that will hold me accountable, that will tell me if I did terrible <laughs> or if I did amazing, <laughs> um, but they're also just the most supportive people that will be there for me if I need them always. Um, and I think that's really, that's what I focus on besides dance is just who I surround myself with. And if they're, if they're a positive influence and if, you know, um, they're worth spending my time with, that sounds kind of mean, but just, you, know, you know, with who you surround yourself with, cause that will, you know, change the course of your life, you know, who, who you surround yourself with and what kind of people they are and if they're good people or, you know, if they're going to push you and support you, mm -hmm. that'll make all the difference. Absolutely. I mean, uh, it is true to have that right circle around you, especially as knowing and kind of looking deep into your story of your kind of your upbringing in, upbringing in Colorado, mm -hmm. uh, you had your time, of course, in competitive figure skating, or have you done gymnastics? <laughs> I think, like you said, dance has always been a part of your life, but also realizing the competitive nature which comes into sports. It's always been there. Yeah in some form of capacity, but also realizing a person like yourself that focused and also as they got older, saw what their vision was. Because we realized too, there are adults in their 30s and 40s still trying to understand what they're about, what they love, what they want to do. Yeah. You know, and for me realizing as well as an artist, I also had to understand all of the sacrifices I was going to make, all of the birthday parties I was going to miss, the, the dates I was going to miss, the friendly just gatherings I was going to miss because I had rehearsal. I yep. had a show. And, you know, it's never easy, but the reward is worth it. So, you know, a question I have then is how was that moment of you realizing, you know, growing older, I believe this was your teens that, you know, you were dancing, of course, but you made that decision to move to LA. What was that moment like for you? 
Yeah. Um, so like you said, originally I'm from Colorado, which <laughs> is very different than Los Angeles. Very, very different. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, I knew that I loved dance so much. Like it was all I wanted to do for my entire life. Mm -hmm. Um, but when I really started taking it seriously and kind of started to get in the mindset of, Oh, I want to do this professionally. You know, I want to do this as my job was probably when I was around like 11, 10 or 11. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I moved to LA when I was 13, about to turn 14. Wow. Um, and again, kind of going back to the people I have around me, I was really lucky to have a mom who was super supportive, like so on board. Like I told her, hey, I kind of want to move to LA so I can, you know, pursue this. And she was like, okay, let's try to figure it out. Let's see okay. how we can do this. You know, I feel like a lot of parents, and I'm not judging other parents because I completely <laughs> understand it's a big risk and it's a lot. Um, but I know a lot of parents would have been like, um, no, <laughs> no, maybe, you know, maybe then. Um, and again, totally understandable. You know, it's a big risk, but I was really lucky to have that parent and supporter who was like, okay, let's take it. You know, if you're going to work hard and you think you can do it, then let's, let's do it. Um, and so literally within like six months, I was actually supposed to go a little bit earlier than I did, but I backed out because I was scared. And I was like, oh, I don't want to miss my friends. And I, I was going to a really, really nice art school in Colorado um, that is one of the best in the country. And so once you leave, you can't come back. And so I was just scared that I was going to regret it and like just second guessing it. And then I ended up moving like six, seven months later and loving it. So kind of wish I went earlier, but it's okay. You can't look back and regret things now. But um, I just, it really was on a, on a whim and mm -hmm. kind of just, you know, I was coming out to LA every once in a while and I had been to LA before and I was dancing on a crew then before I oh. moved out. And so I was constantly coming to California and back and California and back. Um, and once I moved, the crew didn't exist, I don't think. So I didn't move for that, but yeah. I just had more experience in LA and I kind of got the gist of what it would be like to live in LA and what it'd be like to work and uh, the people I'd be around. And I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed the environment because it's not for everyone, but it's very yeah. competitive and it's very, you know, you, it inspires me to do my best pretty yeah. much. You know, and it's again, it's not for everyone because it's very, you know, stressful, but I think it's made me the best dancer I can be so far. Um, mm -hmm. I'm not going growing, but for now, it's made me the best I can be. Um, and yeah, I just decided to move to LA mainly because I know a lot of people move when they're 18 um, to come out to LA to start. And I kind of wanted to get that head start so I could know the teachers, know the dancers around me. So when I turn 18 and all my other 18 year olds come, you know, I've already kind of gotten a name. I've been here for a little bit and I'm adjusted. Um, yeah. That's, that's, that's interesting because uh, I have to give a big shout out to your mom because yes. that, that moment of your mom trusting you, because usually it's, you know, trust what the parents say, whatever mm -hmm. the parents says goes, but realizing your mom took a trust in you and saying she saw the potential in your career. She saw the potential mm -hmm. in your passion, your vision and said, hey, Let's do it. Let's see how it works. I mean, because like you said, coming from Colorado all the way to L.A. is a huge shift. And like you said, 13, 14 years old. So for me as well, dancing in New York City, being very competitive, whether it's dance classes, you meet new people. Um, and like you said, you rather have a head start because L.A. especially is extremely competitive, and especially the dance world, because you have so many dance schools. And But I think we've also realized over time how social media impacted the dancing life because one video at Millennium could skyrocket 2 million views at one point. So a question I have is, you know, making that trip to LA 
at mm-hmm. 13, 14, what were those moments like? Going into your first classes, kind of like you said, getting your feet wet. Oh, yeah. It was definitely intimidating when I first started going to classes, you know, because in Colorado, not not that I was the best dancer by any means, mm. any means at all, but I was kind of known for hip hop. That was kind of like my thing. Um, again, probably not the best in Colorado, but just people kind of knew me for that. And I, I would get some praise for my hip hop back in Colorado. Mm-hmm. Um, and then coming to L.A., you know, everyone is is level 100. And I was still at like level 10. <laughs> so. <laughs> I, no way was I like, oh, I'm going to kill this. They're not ready for me. I definitely wasn't like that because I knew that I wasn't <laughs> anywhere near the best in L.A. Um, mm-hmm. but it was just really intimidating because I came from an environment where it was a little bit more like, oh, Amanda's the, the hip hop person. Like, she's so good. Look at Amanda go. And it came and then it came down to like I was dancing next to people who are on tour, with like the best artists in the world. And I'm like, mm-hmm. well, this is what good looks like. Like I'm not even close. Uh, so <laughs> intimidating, but again, it put me in that environment to really, really push myself and um, to grow and just work as hard as I can. Um, but it was really intimidating the first couple years. And then I, I slowly started to get used to it, started to build connections with these choreographers, uh, friendships. Um, but yeah, I would, if I had to describe it, I would just say um, intimidating for sure. <laughs> <laughs> and and also, like you said, just with the multitude of dancers in L.A., how competitive it is, it also challenges you. I think really mm-hmm. those challenges make you a better dancer. So my question to you now is, like you said, over the years, you, you began to build relationships, friendships with these choreographers that you're seeing mainly every week or maybe every other day, depending on your schedule. When was the moment that you kind of felt things clicked? Like, all right, now I'm really understanding because, you know, choreographers have so many different, you know, styles. Was there a moment for you that said, okay, now I'm really getting the hang of this kind of lifestyle? Huh. I feel like there's almost different, different kinds of clicks when it happened for me. I think there's been like different ones along my, along the way. Um, I think, uh, maybe 2017, I kind of s- felt a little bit more comfortable and I was starting to do a little more. I did Dancing with the Stars and The Voice and those were kind of the first like bigger real professional jobs I did. And I was like, okay, okay, something's happening. You know, we're, we're building momentum. I'm getting there. Um, and then 2019 was a really, mm-hmm. probably the biggest year I've had so far to date. Um, Cause obviously 2020 <laughs> was <laughs> nothing happening. Yeah. And then so we're only halfway through 2021 and the pandemic's coming back. So, ooh. Yeah. Um, so 2019 was probably the biggest year I've had. And that, that was super exciting for me. I got to do some stuff that was like things I never like even thought I would do. I got to do an international campaign with Dove. I performed at Coachella with Lizzo. Yeah. I did the Rihanna Savage Fenty show with Paris Goble, who is a choreographer I've looked up to since I was like 10. She mm-hmm. signed my shoes at Broadway Dance Center when I was literally like nine. I need to find him because I think I have him. But um, I did Little Mermaid live and I was singing as a mermaid. Like I just did so many things that I I would have never thought I'd be able to do. And so that year was just a year where I realized, you know, you can do this. Like, look at all the things you're doing. Like, mm-hmm. you, you know, it was just eye opening because, you know, in L.A., we're constantly just pushing ourselves and working so hard to get to that point. Yes. Um, and I, in 2019, I realized I was like, Amanda, like you're you're kind of not 
like at the point where I'm like, you know, debating which world tours do I want to go on? Cause I booked all yeah. of them, you know, not there yet, but just that was the year for the first time where I was really, I was doing so many different things and I was constantly auditioning and booking these amazing jobs. And mm. I just felt the momentum and I was like, wow, I think you've really reached, like reached that point where you're a real professional dancer now. And you know, you're a threat to other people and you're, you're being real, like you're really successful. Um, and so that year was really exciting. And then even this year, just in a different way, um, like I said, I think there's different kind of clicks you could say. Um, but just in a different way, I feel like I'm, I'm training with people that inspire me, that motivate me, that are pushing me that I wasn't training with, you know, 2019, I'm trying new choreographers that are again, pushing me and, uh, maybe it's, um, what's the word? It's kind of discouraging now, mm. but they're making me the best dancer. I can be the most versatile, the most diverse, the most, yes. you know, and, and that's super important. And just the people I'm surrounding myself with, I'm, I'm really, I'm really happy with that. And they're not only me, only making me better, a better dancer, but also a better person. Mm -hmm. um, and that's super, super important. Um, so I really value that. Um, but this year has been pretty exciting too. And I'm waiting, I'm waiting to find out like literally this week, um, mm -hmm. if I booked a super exciting job, but I can't talk about it, but of course, of course. We I'm really hopeful. So hopefully, hopefully that happens and that would be amazing. We're crossing our fingers here as well. <laughs> and, and realizing too, like you said, the importance of, you know, understanding the value of you, because like you said, you put so much hard work into it. And I've heard from many artists from Los Angeles, but the California area especially, is that uh, being an actor, being an artist is filled with a lot of rewards, but also as a lot of rejection. Understanding so many auditions you're going on, they almost have the casting for you, but when you don't get it, it's like, what am I doing wrong? Mm -hmm. But I think something that was really crucial that I saw was that moment that Katy Perry talked to you and said, when I looked at everyone else, but when I saw you and that right there was a moment because I understand what that means of, you know, anyone can do that choreography, but no one can do it like you. Mm -hmm. And that's something that separates because with so many hip hop dancers, it's really hard to find individuality. It's really mm -hmm. hard to find your niche because again, uh, the amount of the hundreds of videos I've seen with choreographers and then they have their dancers who are there dancing, a lot of times you're trying to figure out what dancer is hitting that mark. And a person that I love seeing work is Brian Friedman. Oh, yes. Of course. Yes. <laughs> and, but that was also a point when I saw Brian then working with you mm -hmm. and seeing that connection that's something I've always glad to have you on this platform of give me an understanding of what it's like working with an individual like Brian Friedman. Oh my gosh. Um, so lucky to, to have the friendship and just relationship I have with him. Um, he's one of the most, I mean, he's a world renowned choreographer and he's probably one of the biggest, most well-known names in the dance world, hands down. Um, he's done so many iconic, choreographies and he's just an amazing person and I know that when I moved to LA he was definitely one of the main choreographers that I was intimidated by um he's very intimidating um but he's one of those people where he's intimidating but once you talk to him outside of dance class he's the sweetest person he just mm -hmm. takes dance very seriously and he wants you to be your best but that's what you need you yeah. know you can't have someone being nice to you all the time because you're not going to grow as fast you know you'd rather have someone honest that maybe hurts your feelings a little bit but you grow and you become the best dancer. Um, and that's 
what Brian is all about. And I've been able to work with him so many times. I've, I've been, um, an assistant at his convention uh, in mm. 2019. Um, and I, I really think I owe a lot of my, a lot of my dance ability and just like my improvement as a dancer to him yep. and his classes. Um, they definitely pushed me. Um, and I used to not be able to do his choreo when I first moved here. And even now, sometimes it's still a struggle, <laughs> but I can at least, you know, do it and get through it and make it look decent. Um, so I think I owe a lot of my just success as a dancer to him. And and he really supported me when not a lot of choreographers did. You know, he was he was supporting me back in 2017 when I, I really wasn't doing much. Um, and I definitely wasn't the best dancer <laughs> by any means. I've improved a lot since then. But He's just a super supportive person and and I I'm just so lucky to work with him and I forget sometimes how how big of a name he is, you know. Mm -hmm. He's not just oh I'm going to Brian's class like oh I love you Brian like he's yeah. Brian Friedman. Yeah. Um, and and that's a big deal and I'm very lucky to to be so close with him and have the opportunity to dance with him and so often. Absolutely. I mean, uh people like Brian Friedman, I believe Brian was one of the background backup dancers for Britney. Yep, and he choreographed some of her stuff. And just seeing that and understanding when artists or dancers like us are around artists and dancers like that, there's a revering moment. There is like, hey, this person has put in so much work that I know I have to give them 110 percent mm -hmm. at the rehearsal. And, you know, so for me and something you also touched on really quick was about the appreciation from other dancers or other choreographers, how Brian really approached you differently. So kind of give us an understanding because I, I understand kind of where that's going. And I think also it ties into really breaking the stereotype. Uh -huh. Give us an understanding of what those moments were like, you know, really dancing in LA, like the hardships that go along with that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, dancing in LA is really difficult. Um, you definitely have to have thick skin and like a really strong mind to get through it because it's it it's constantly beating you down and telling you, no, you're not good enough. You're not this enough. You're not this enough. Like you're just not enough. Um, and that can be really damaging, obviously. And I totally get that. Um, but for me in LA, it was just hard to kind of get choreographers um, to get past my appearance, which first of all, there's nothing to get past yeah. wrong, first of all. But to them, they're, they're not used to seeing someone like me in their class or to trying to approach their choreography there they weren't used to it and so they kind of didn't know what to do with me i feel like mm -hmm. they're like uh i don't know what you know what to do and brian i i don't think he ever even thought about what i looked like yeah. i really don't i think he's all about the dancing and if you're a good dancer you're a good dancer and that and that's it you know it doesn't matter tall short skinny big yeah. it, it doesn't matter to him and it shouldn't matter to anyone um, and I just think he, what really set him apart from other choreographers for me and as far as like noticing me and, and really helping me grow and becoming a mentor, um, was he saw my potential. Yes. Was I the best dancer? No, no, I'm still not, of course, but he, he could see my passion and he could see my drive and the potential I had. Um, and, and that's, that's why I think he was so supportive of me and still is. Um, and that's why I grew so much from his classes is because he pushed me and he saw my potential and wanted to see me reach that. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, I think he's just different from a lot of choreographers I've taken from. And um, yeah, I just think he doesn't make assumptions and he doesn't judge anyone until they see their dancing. And that's how it should be. Like yeah. dance class. like. <laughs> 
you know? Um, and I just, yeah, he's amazing. He's amazing. I definitely appreciate that. So understanding now throughout your years of, like you said, that grinding period, going to classes, then, you know, later on going to auditions and actually getting those roles that you loved and you seeked and you searched for, what was now the reception for you kind of, now you're seeing yourself on TV. Now you're seeing yourself on campaign. What was the reception now like kind of coming back home and what was that like for you? Yeah, um, as far as coming back home, it, it's it's really funny because I have a pretty supportive family, but they, they don't quite understand like the dance world and just the entertainment industry, but they're supportive. I want to get that. I want to get that across. You know, they're supportive of me and they're happy for me, but they just don't quite get it. You know, I'm like, oh, guys, like I'm I'm assisting, you know, Brian Freeman, who choreographed for Britney Spears. They're like, oh, cool. Yeah, <laughs> but they don't they don't quite get, you know, how big of a deal that is, you know, mm -hmm. but they try their best. But it's really funny because like my sister um especially like she'll always brag about oh my sister did this my sister look, look at my sister on this on, on the tv look at look at this but then like she won't even tell me congratulations <laughs> <laughs> she'll tell all your friends you know um, all her friends that her sister was on something but yeah. when she sees you it's more like oh hey oh yeah that's my sister yeah whatever you know <laughs> um but you know they're supportive but it's always super funny and um yeah it's different because i'm the only one that's really in the creative arts mm -hmm. world um, all of my other siblings are doing, you know, one of them's a doctor, one of them is like an engineer, one is all, like three of my siblings have doctorates, um, one's a cheerleading coach. So we're kind of all over the place, but I'm kind of the only one, I guess, kind of besides cheer-ish that mm -hmm. really does arts. Yes. Um, and so they're not, they're not used to that, but they, they try to be really supportive and, and I'm really lucky that they, you know, try. <laughs> Hey, hey, absolutely. But think about this. Having you on this platform means a lot because besides being a dancer, understanding the family aspect, understanding is that a lot of times in our families, whether we're in the arts, a lot of times our siblings and older siblings, they're probably in a whole different field. And people are not going to always understand what we do. They have their appreciation, but in their own way. Uh, but hey, that's okay. Rather be, you know, not fully understanding everything but you know, seeing for what it is and seeing that you love it, seeing that it's successful for you and you're doing what you have to do. So a question I have now for you is, you know, seeing really how your career has come along so far. And then, like you said, now 2020 was a huge just change for all of us in the entertainment industry. How did that period really, the last year, uh, was that kind of a period of self-reflection? How did you really adapt to everything that was going on? Um, yeah, I mean, last year was crazy for everyone. Um, and I definitely think there were pros and cons. Um, mm -hmm. I don't think it was all bad and it definitely wasn't all good. Um, so it was kind of a mix, but I think the first half, I kind of like, what did I do? I was kind of just kind of taking it to relax. I was like, oh, this is, this is nice, you know, until it lasted, you know, a year and a half, and then it was too much. But for the first like month or two, I was like, okay, this is kind of nice. Like I have time to really sit down and think and try new things and, you know, um, spend time with my mom, you know, we quarantined um, together and just, it was kind of a nice time to relax because as dancers were constantly going, 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 going. So it was nice to take a break, but then I kind of got like antsy and I was like, okay, I'm done now with the break. I'm yeah. done. <laughs> um, and then luckily I did have AGT that came out in the middle of the pandemic. So that came out in summer 2020. Mm -hmm. So I kind of had that a little bit to, to at least have something happening, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, 
So that was an interesting experience. Um, and then after that, I really just tried to focus on what I want to do, maybe coming back. And I think my mindset changed. Like the way I take class now, the classes I take now are very different than what I was doing before the pandemic, but I think in the best way. Um, you know, as a dancer, when you first move to LA, I feel like it's kind of normal to be like, okay, I'm going to take every single class, every single one, <laughs> you know, taking eight a day. And that was very much what I was doing. And now, not that I'm, I, it's no way that I think I don't have to train anymore. That's, you never stop training as a dancer. Yeah. You never reach the point where you're like, oh, I don't have to train. No, that doesn't exist. But I think I've reached the point where I can be a little bit more selective with the teachers that I take and who I'm I'm giving my energy to and who I think I can truly learn from and grow from. Um, so I can be a little bit more selective. And so I've started taking teachers where, that I think either push me out of my comfort zone or challenge me or people that um, I just res like respect and admire. Like I, I've just been a little bit more picky instead of I'm going to take every class I can. You know, and there is nothing wrong with that. I highly recommend doing that the first couple of years you move to L.A. or New York or mm -hmm. or anywhere, because I think it did help me grow super fast. But I think it's also important to to take the quality classes. It's not quantity. It's it's quality. Um, and now I feel personally just for me as a dancer and the dancer I am, I'm taking quality classes. Yes. And I think that's helped me a lot. Um, and I think the dancer I was before the pandemic is very different than the dancer I am now, but mm. in the best way in the best way, in my opinion. Like I watch videos from now and videos from, you know, a year and a half ago, two years ago. And I'm like, oh, I, I love the way I'm dancing now, like more than I, I was then. So I think I'm I'm taking the right, the right route for me personally. And I think everyone's, you know, career and who they take is gonna be different because um, yeah. everyone dances different and wants different things. Um, but for me, it's worked out really well. And um, yeah, I just think my mindset changed too. Yeah. And, and I appreciate that because I've talked to many artists and for them, it's really a self, a time for self-reflection, understanding mm -hmm. what's important, understanding mm -hmm. what projects now they should be a part of. Because again, when the entertainment world kind of came back up and it's flourishing slowly again, realizing now maybe the same artists that we knew, same dancers are no longer around. They found another avenue. Mm -hmm. So I mean, our entertainment world is a lot more different. A lot more, you know, you're seeing masks in videos now. Yeah. It's almost, it's a normal. I mean, videos I've seen of you with a, with a mask, without a mask. For me, I appreciate the artistry. But also, too, I appreciate the reasoning of understanding how important it is for us to be safe. Because the dancing world is so key. Because for me, on this platform, I've told many people, I... I believe in safety. I believe especially in our dance world where this virus can just hurt us the most. Mm -hmm. have to be the examples of helping push safety forward as a priority first. Yes. Because realizing I've also known dancers that are no longer here because of this. So as a person with a platform, with a voice, with an opportunity to talk like artists like you, I have to tell you, thank you. Because a simple video you do means so much, not just to me, but thousands of other people. Oh, yeah. No, I, I, I mean, thank you, but I feel like I'm not doing anything special. That, sh that should be the bare minimum. You know yeah. what I mean? Like caring about other people's safety is the bare minimum you can do. <laughs> um, so yeah, um, I think wearing a mask, is it a little bit annoying? Yeah, but would I rather save people around me and, and, and uh, value their health over 
oh, I don't want to wear a mask in the video. I'm going to care more about their health. Like, <laughs> that's way more important. And honestly, I want to point this out. And this isn't like shading anyone at all. No, no, no. If you're a good dancer, you'll be just as good with a mask. Thank you. You shouldn't need this. Yes. Sell it. You know, your body should give the emotion, you know? And if you can't sell it with just your eyes and your body, then you might want to work on that. <laughs> Yes, thank and you. I'm not saying I'm a pro, but just saying, you know, hey. the mask shouldn't make or break you. <laughs> thank you. I mean, but also, too, it's interesting that you said that about just facial expression, because that's one thing as an artist like me for many years, that that's the, my biggest pet peeve with dancers was I saw you do the choreography, but you're not feeling it. You're, mm -hmm. you're giving me all of the counts, all of the markings, but you're not giving me everything. You're not giving me life, as they say. And, you know, for me, realizing artists like you that are really one of a kind because you've not only found the niche, but you found your way. You found a moral support system of people that are going to guide you the right way because it's very easy in the entertainment world to go in a whole different direction and follow the wrong crowd, and then you're kind of stuck back at square one. Realizing mm -hmm. those auditions that you do, those are relationships you're building with directors because you never know when an opportunity comes if that person's gonna be there. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. it's, <laughs> I tell it's people- It's actually funny you talk about that because um, I don't think it's how I got the Katy Perry video, but it's just kind of to speak on, you know, everything's intertwined in LA and people don't realize that. I did an audition when I was like 15, 16 mm. um, for Kids Bop. Kids Bop. Oh my God, please. And I auditioned for dancing and singing. You know, I wasn't doing anything back then. Um, and so Kids Bop audition, I was like, yeah, sure. Um, and so I went to that. I didn't get it, mm -hmm. um, which was fine. And then the Katy Perry video happened and I was on set and two guys come up to me. And they're like, oh, hey, like, we saw you, uh, you auditioned for the Kids Bop thing, right? Like, oh, we, like, we love you. Or like, we're so happy to see you here or something. And it was, it was just crazy because it just showed, like, everything. Like, the people that work on one thing, they don't just work on the one thing, you know? And so that's just kind of an example of how you never know where you'll bump into someone else from something else. And, like, you know what I mean? It was just kind of fun. Yeah, because the things you do, but also the things you say can also have an impact on your career. Because I've met many artists that one moment deterred them from many opportunities afterwards. So when I tell people, a lot of my friends in the industry in LA, uh, even people that have done America's Got Talent, or friends mm -hmm. of mine and Emily, who are like the salsa dancers dancing really mm -hmm. fast, talking with them and them telling me the ropes of how it is that, and I've also auditioned for America's Got Talent years ago in Manhattan. And I understood, oh, this isn't, like there's so many producers and people you have to go through before you even get to the show. I think that's a big misconception. People think when you see the video of the audition, that's just the first one. No, there's many. And knowing really how many producers have different ideas of what they want to see, that's something. Because then seeing your video on America's Got Talent was so special because I saw the genuineness. But realizing, too, how much you put yourself out there for the world. I mean, and at least before we get into our last segment called The Randoms is, you know, from all of the experiences you've had throughout your career and still now, what have really been some of the biggest lessons that you've learned? Whoo. Oh, my gosh. Um, so many. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, 
I would say who you are as a person is just as important as who you are as a dancer. Um, I think that's very important. I know plenty of dancers who are amazing and like, I can't take that away from them, but they're not great people um, or they're not the best people to be around. And that's going to stop you from getting a lot of stuff. Cause when people are working on world tours for months and months, they want people that they get along with, that they like, that they have a good time with. You don't want to be on tour with someone who's like bringing you down or who's not a good energy, you know? And so it really matters just what kind of person you are and, 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 who you are off camera, as mm -hmm. you could say. Um, and also just, um, I mean, work hard, uh, never get comfortable. I think a lot of people too, I see some of the biggest dancers and um, not that they, they're they not amazing because they are, but just they get comfortable. And yeah. that's when you start to go downhill is as soon as you start to get comfortable or the slightest bit of, oh, I'm good. No, yeah. you're not. There's constantly new dancers coming. There's new artists, there's new talent. Um, these people now are like eight years old and better than us. Um, so, <laughs> you know, it, it's, we have to keep working no matter how many jobs you book, how many artists you work for, how many tours you go on, blah, blah, how many followers you have. Um, it doesn't matter if you're not still working hard and putting in that work. Um, and I think I see a lot of dancers kind of get comfortable and get a little bit lazy. Yeah. Um, and I'm not saying I'm the hardest working dancer in LA by any means. There are people doing way more than I am, but you know, I, I still train very hard. I, I put all my work in and I realize that there's no, there's no destination in the dance world. If that makes sense, you don't climb up the ladder and then you're like, Oh, I can relax. There's always more you can do. And the dance world is constantly improving and improving and improving. Um, mm -hmm. you just have to constantly keep training if you want to continue to work, you know? And I think that's a mistake some people make is, is getting comfortable. Yeah, I definitely come being comfortable and being complacent are some of yeah. the worst things people can do, especially in the arts world, because mm -hmm. so many artists, there's always someone new, there's yep. always someone better. So yep. you know, <laughs> I let people know you might have had this great tour for these couple months, but when you come back, there's someone watching you. Yeah. That exact same opportunity. Working while you were gone. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so. But now I think it helps us bring to our last segment called the randoms, which is about 10 questions I'm going to throw at you. They're going to be dance related, non-dance related, life related. <laughs> okay. uh, all I need to know is when you are ready. All right. I'm ready. Hopefully, okay. I think. <laughs> all right. Number one, number one question, Amanda. If you could have one meal right now, what would it be? Ooh, if I could have one meal right now, what would it, it could be? be from Blue Jam too, if you like. Anything? Yeah. yeah. See, I know. I love Blue Jam. Um, I would just say I can't choose anything with cheese. Literally anything. Mm -hmm. Anything with cheese in it. Cheese is my guilty pleasure. It's mm -hmm. it's the best. I love it. All right. <laughs> if you could number two, uh, besides people like Brian, of course, and many choreographers that you've worked with. Well, who is one choreographer right now, if you could collab with, you could just call right now and want them to come, who would it be? Ooh, I could collab with. Oh, that's hard. Mm. There's so many good ones. Um, And it can't be someone I've worked with before, right? It can be, and it has no okay. problem. Probably Paris Goebel or Brian and Scott Nicholson, who are all mm. amazing. Brian and Scott Nicholson are amazing people, amazing dancers, choreographers. They happen to be Ariana Grande's choreographers. Mm. Um, and then Paris Goble is Paris Goble. Um, and I've worked with her before and I'm, I'm pretty close with Brian and Scott Nicholson and just all of them inspire me, motivate me and are just great artists and great people. So any of them, whenever I'm around them, it, I'm, I'm lucky to be there and just happy to be around them in that environment. 
Okay. One next question is, give me a memorable moment from one of your many projects, like one moment from a gig that you had that just stays in your mind till this day. Probably the Savage Fenty show when um, I did the 2019 one and yeah. there was a section where it was all, um, all, all plus size people, I would say. Some of them were a little bit more like mid-size, but just for, for, for the sake of this, they were all plus-size dancers, um, including myself, it was five of us, and we did this really super full-out dance section, um, and it was just us on on the stage or like mm -hmm. dancing. Um, and I just think it was a really powerful moment because um, in the dance world, we're not as respected a lot of the times. Mm -hmm. um, and it was just a nice moment to have that, and like both Rihanna and Paris gave us that opportunity to really shine, and I really appreciate that. And I think it touched a lot of people, and I think it inspired a lot of people. Um, so that that stays in my mind and just that feeling, um, just those like three or four A counts. So it's so short, but yeah. it definitely sticks with me. Um, and it was just so powerful in the moment. And even watching it back, it's you could see how hard we were fighting yep. and how, how how much we we wanted to show that, you know, we're great dancers too. Yeah. you know, break the stereotype, break the stigma. Absolutely. I love that hashtag. All right. Next question is and I want you to answer this for me. If Amanda is not dancing, Amanda is doing blank. Oh, if Amanda's not dancing, she's thinking about dance. <laughs> <laughs> um, that is true. But besides that, um, I would say she's either spending time with friends or playing with makeup or playing the piano or the ukulele or playing with my dog. Um, hmm. Those are just some, some little things that I really enjoy doing. Okay. All right. Next question is, a friend of yours wants to come to LA. Where's the first place you're taking them? Oh, if they're a, are they a dancer or not? Dancer. Okay. Um, I think you have to go to Millennium. Come on. <laughs> I, I know, once you live in LA, you're like, yeah, it's just Millennium. But outside of that, you're like, Red oh, Wolf. Yes, the Red Wall, Millennium. Um, and I completely get it. You know, it's it's iconic, and there's so much history, and so many people have trained there, and just it's it's amazing. And so I'd probably take them there first and get that experience. Okay. All right. Next question. I'm actually gonna give some love because I think too, who goes undervalued are the videographers. Yeah. Definitely. Because we we love Millennium, we love the different studios, but the videographers really I think help make the visual mm -hmm. life. Can you yeah. give me the name of a videographer that you've met over the years that really you admire? Ooh, uh, there's so many. I'm so lucky to, to have worked with so many of them. For today, I could truly say any name, but for today, I am going to say Ryan Parma, mm -hmm. who is amazing. He does a lot of class videos, but he also does other stuff outside of that. And he's just super sweet, super kind, and his video work is, is really amazing. Mm, okay, perfect. All right, give me now the next question is, if Amanda could have a store, what is that store's name? Ooh, okay, I don't know if this is a store, mm -hmm. and I don't really know the name, but I've always wanted to open a dance studio, not anytime soon, not oh. anytime soon. <laughs> this is after I retire <laughs> from dance, you know, yeah. late, way later, um, like 20, 30 years from now, but I've always wanted to open a dance studio, and. I've always wanted to open a studio that was really inclusive to everyone. And I feel like when people say inclusive, sometimes the people that get left out are people that have a disability um, yeah. or just disabled people. And I want to make it a place where they feel welcome. 
um, because any, anyone can dance, you know, anyone can dance. And I, and I really want to make it a place where everyone feels welcome. Um, mm -hmm. It's it's literally open for everyone, all walks of life, um, all different kinds of people. Um, so that's really important to me. I don't know what the name of it would be, but that's something that I definitely I definitely want to do in the future because it's it's a passion of mine. OK, perfect. All right. Next question would be, what is your favorite dancing city? Oh, dancing city. Um, I mean, this is a pretty basic answer, but probably L.A. or New York. They're a little bit different, okay. but both of them are kind of similar in the ways where everyone is there. It's competitive. It's a little bit cutthroat, um, mm -hmm. but I kind of thrive on that because I'm a person that's very competitive. So I'm like, oh, if this person's better than me, well, I'm going to be better than them. Yes. Um, so just that environment has been beneficial, beneficial for me. I know it's not for everyone, but mm -hmm. for me, just the energy in both of those cities is so high and so just cutthroat and competitive. And for me, it brings out the best dancer that I can be. So I love Absolutely. both of them. All right. Second before last question is give us the meaning of breaking the stereotype. Mm. Try to keep it short. Um, yeah, the meaning of hashtag bringing a stereotype, which is a campaign hashtag movement kind of thing <laughs> I created. I created it in 2016. So it's been five years now, which mm -hmm. is crazy. Um, and it's, it's kind of self-explanatory, but it's all about breaking the stereotype. And for me, it relates to dance and the dance world and how there's a dancer body stereotype. And there's definitely um, a standard that a lot of people don't fit into and are kind of discouraged from trying to be a dancer because of it. Mm -hmm. um, and I wanted to inspire people not only in dance though, but just in all in all aspects, you know, there's stereotypes for everything, sadly. And so whether you're a singer, an actress, a lawyer, a doctor, like anything, there's, there's stereotypes for every single thing. Um, and I just want to inspire people that even if they're kind of the underdog or if they're getting discouraged from trying something or they feel like they don't fit in or don't fit into that box, um, that it doesn't matter. Yeah. It doesn't matter. You can still do it if you're passionate enough about it. And if you truly love it, you can do it and just don't listen to what other people say. And, you know, I, I said this the other day and I really liked it because um, I, I, have, I have a lot of supporters, but obviously I have a lot of people that still don't get it. And still I get hate all the time, uh, which is part of social media. But I said that, you know, if you're getting hate for something, then you're probably doing something important. That, yeah. that needs to be done, you know? And so, yeah, people are gonna hate on me, but I am I like to think that I'm making change in the dance world. Mm -hmm. Am I the only plus size dancer that's making a change? Absolutely not, absolutely not. And I don't claim to be the person that's like, I'm I'm responsible for all the inclusivity. Yeah. Like, not at all. There, mm -hmm. there were dancers before me, you know, that also were fighting for it. But I think I've helped and I've contributed mm -hmm. to it. Um, and so I think people hate on it because they don't like to see change. Yeah. <laughs> important that needs to be done. Um, but yeah, um, I just created it to try to inspire people and just hopefully motivate people to do whatever they're passionate about, whether people like it or not. Absolutely. And now it brings us to our last question and it kind of builds on what you were talking about a little bit earlier, but it goes like this. And as you said, 20, 30, 40 plus years from now, Amanda, when you know you're in a different capacity when it comes to the dance world, you're probably not in it the same way. How do you want to be remembered? And I want to be remembered as someone who was kind um, and hardworking and passionate, um, but also someone who um, 
who opened the door, I guess, or inspired people to take risks. Mm -hmm. um, and hopefully I, I can have somewhat of a legacy of, of being a small part of making the dance world even more diverse and inclusive um, and just inspiring people like me who have always been discouraged from dance to try it and to dance and to be successful. Mm, I love it. I love it. Thank you so much for doing this segment. Uh, and before we get to our closing uh, segment, really, I want to let you know, really, from start to finish from this episode thus far, I've learned so much about it, not just of the grit and grind that it took in the L.A. scene to get to where you are now, but understanding the moral support, the people that have been around you that have helped guide you positively in this world. And, and realizing, too, is that, like you said, uh, you're, you weren't the first person and you probably won't be the last to really <laughs> make that impact. But also realizing, I think the most important thing is the opportunities you were given, you seize those opportunities. Mm -hmm. And those opportunities became examples for people like me and many others that have dealt with those same issues growing up of, we almost have to dance harder. We have to dance mm -hmm. stronger to prove a oh, point yeah. that shouldn't have to be proven. And you know, whether it comes to the routines, whether it comes to the, the costumes, whether it comes to the choreographer's direction of, Maybe we need modifications because we have to. For me, I've always said to myself is, I wanna see representations of people that inspire me. People like you, people like Pretty Big Movement in New York and many other uh, groups and organizations that are pushing the culture forward. We're in 2021, compared to 2010, the dance videos I see are so much different, way more creative mm -hmm. than ever. I mean, actual videographers like actually stabilizing videos so you can see everything. <laughs> on the iPhone in the mirror in the back. <laughs> oh, oh my God. I, I remember those days. Don't get me wrong. I've seen those yeah. days, but realize, realizing too that our dance community has grown. The inclusion of the LGBTQ plus community, mm -hmm. the inclusion of more conversations on body positivity. That's something for me I've always pushed forward. But you, people like you, people like me and others that are really putting our words out there and telling people these are conversations we need to have. And that's, again, why I created this platform. And my motto normally goes, we start the conversations that make the change. Because mm -hmm. if we don't have these conversations, we're back at square one. Like I told you before, I admired the last uh, live you did on Instagram with three other ladies talking about body positivity because mm -hmm. it is a real issue. But also mm -hmm. having you here means so much because seeing you on a video from you dancing one or two minutes from a choreography to now actually speaking to you, even though it's not physically, being able to just talk to you, this is a highlight for me because again, uh, being able to celebrate you as a person, not just as the artist, is the most important for me. And, oh, you know, thank you so much. Of course, from start to finish, I've enjoyed every moment. But at least before we do go, I would love to know uh, if you had any last few words to myself in the audience, uh, but also contact info on how people can see uh, your upcoming projects. Yeah, um, as far as last thing to say, this might be a little random, but I think it's important and I think people kind of need to be reminded. Mm -hmm. um, I feel like a lot of people, especially with social media now, I think that's that's cause some damage it's also there's a lot of pros to it believe me there's a lot of pros and i benefit off of it but there's also a lot of cons and i think one of them is just constantly comparing yourself to p other people and trying to fit this said beauty standard 
Mm-hmm. Um, and I just want to say, people will never be pleased. Society will never be pleased no matter what you do. And I know that's hard to hear. It's the hard truth. <laughs> you will never be pleased. So there's no point in trying to constantly change yourself to fit this ever-changing beauty standard when they're always going to find something to hate about you. So you might as well be yourself, be authentic, do what you want to do, live how you want to live, look how you want to look, and be unapologetic about it. Because at least you know that if they're hating on you, at least you can go home at night and say, well, I'm being myself and I'm being authentic and no one can take that away from me, you know? Um, So I'd rather be, I've said this before a lot too, but I'd rather be um, hated for who I am than loved for who I'm not. Mm. Um, And so just, even though it's hard, just remember that they'll never be pleased. Society will never be pleased. They'll always find something to pick at. So just be yourself and just be authentic. Um, And then as far as how you can find me, oh my gosh, there's so many social media platforms nowadays. Let's see. Instagram's my main one. That's kind of where I do most of my stuff. And that's just Amanda LeCount, just my name. Um, TikTok is blowing up, I guess. Um, And that's Amanda underscore LeCount. Um, And then I have two YouTube channels. Um, One of them I never post on, but it's more of a fun, like, YouTube. The other one is dance. Um, And then... I do have a website, um, amandalaccount.com, where you can find literally anything you want to know about me and how to contact me, anything like that. Um, yeah, I think those are the important ones. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I mean, that goes to show you're really hip on social media because <laughs> I know some people still don't even know how to work Instagram. So yeah. <laughs> you definitely have followed uh, your path correctly, honestly. Just being able to talk to you means so much because, again, the further and further we see this representation, no longer people can say we don't see it. Mm-hmm. When we're now having these conversations, that's where resolutions come. But just seeing also the human side means so much because it's not all about the glitz and glamour. It's really, mm-hmm. you know, because after rehearsal, you're by yourself. Yeah. You get them home, you have to deal with it. everything that comes along with it. You know? Yep. So, I mean, for me, it's been an honor. It's been a blessing. Uh, and it's really been a joy to really have you on today. Um, I know, of course, you're a busy woman. And like I tell many of my guests, I feel like this is a part one. And I'd love to have you on in the future and catch up with you because I know you have some projects coming up in the future. So we'll definitely hope we can catch up with you. But Amanda, I thank you so much for coming on to this podcast, this platform, because again, as I say, it's a podcast for artists by artists. And, you know, for me, uh, for everyone that's tuning in, everyone that will be tuning in in the future, really, this is a celebration of such a remarkable artist who whose uh, limit is limitless. So, you know, mm-hmm. for me, I thank you, Amanda, for your time and your effort. I think everyone is tuned in, everyone that will be tuning in. Uh, this has been a very, very special episode ending out July uh, episode 146. Wow. Um, crazy. Hey, yeah. thank, thank you, you so all. much. Absolutely. And thank you all for tuning in. It's been a really special episode. I'm Diamond Rivera here with Amanda Account. And thank you guys for listening, for tuning in. We will see you soon and stay safe. Everyone.